welcome to the Redeemer 20 Sermon Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. My name is Luke Dirks, and I'm your host, and I'm also privileged to lead the 20s ministry at Redeemer Church in beautiful Rockford, Illinois. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at our Thursday night gathering at 7 p.m. We hope you enjoy this, and we hope you also join us at a future Thursday. So turn over to John 6. Um, we've been we've been looking at um, the book of John, and again, the book of John is is so that you might believe. That's the purpose, so that you might believe in in Christ, whom God has sent. Um, and you find that in John chapter twenty one, the very the purpose of the book of John. And I think it's good to remember that as we're studying um, John chapter twenty, verses thirty one. It says, "These things are written." so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And, uh, oh man, do we need life. Do we need Christ's life in us? Um, so, before we dive in, let's pray and uh, ask the Lord to come and teach us. And I can't wait to study with you all. So, Father, on this... Uh, snowy uh, snowy night, little unorthodox, um, we know that you still have words for us. We know that you have something to teach us. Lord, even this preacher, um, you, have, you have something to tell us. And God, I pray that you'd look upon our study, that you'd make us attentive, that um, we would listen to you with our hearts, our, let your heart heed my commandments. Um, that it wouldn't just be an outward hearing, but it would be an inward absorbing and meditating on these truths. Uh, Lord, these are just massive truths um, that we need to to come face to face with. And and so help us tonight um, as we come and and learn from you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you have your Bibles open? Good, good. So we're looking at the first I am statement. Um, I am the bread of life is what we're going to study, but um, this is the first of seven I am statements that, yeah, why don't you just turn up the lights? Yeah, okay, here we go. Um, this is the first of seven I am statements, so who, who can tell me some of these I am statements? Just li- let's list them off. We've got a smaller group tonight. We can do a little discussing. Who's, uh, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Ben? What? The way? The way, the truth, the life, the good shepherd, I heard. What else? Joy, did you have one? The vine. That's, that's one of them. <laughs> Not an I am statement, but it definitely is true of Christ that he was gentle and lowly. Um, you're missing a couple, though. There's two or three. Anybody? Yes? Yes. I am the door. And then we have two, I think I heard, I think I heard one, but I have two more. So there's, I am the light, the light of the world. And uh, I'm the resurrection and the life. You know, when Lazarus, Lazarus is raised, um, and Jesus says that. So um, these are the I am statements. They're, they're called the seven I am statements. Um, and what Jesus is doing is he's connecting um, his ministry to the God of the Old Testament. I am, I am, I'm speaking in the first person as God. And you even see in earlier in chapter 6, where Jesus walks on the water, 
The disciples are afraid, and in verse 20, he says, I am, do not be afraid. And again, this is Jesus saying, um, I'm, I'm deity, I'm God. Um, these are assertions of deity. So um, we're going to look at specifically, I am the bread of life tonight. Um, and so, yeah, just by way, a, fr- a few words before we dive in, though. Um, the main point of tonight's sermon is that um, we all cannot truly live on a diet of material things. Our souls cannot take in earthly things and live a purpose-filled life as we are meant to. Because Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I am the food, I am the bread of life. Um, Deuteronomy 8.3 says, you cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, right? And what Jesus isn't, Jesus isn't saying, you know, you can only live on sourdough or old bagels or, you know, English muffins. You know, he's not saying, um, you know, you can only live by bread alone. He's saying um, spiritual food isn't the only thing you need to survive. You need physical, or sorry, I said that wrong. Physical food isn't the only thing you need to survive. You need spiritual food. And so Jesus is saying, the world is spiritually hungry. I have come to satisfy that longing. So I have three points tonight. I want to prove, number one, that the, from the text that everyone has a spiritual hunger in them. Everyone you meet, everyone you see, everyone you work with has a soul that's going to either be in heaven or hell one day. And, and God has created every person with a spiritual hunger for more. Number two, I want to I bring out that that food, whatever you are feeding your soul is going to impact your experience on this earth. You can't eat the food of the world and reap the food of heaven. And finally, um, I want to explore where, where is this true food found? And so that's what we're going to go through. Let's read the text together and, and we'll, we'll continue through. So. John uh, 6, verse 22, it says, On the next day, the crowd remained on the other side of the sea. The crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat there, and Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Now, we see the crowd has just been fed miraculously with the loaves, and so they're like, where did Jesus go? That food was good. And so verse 23, it says, Other boats from the other side of the sea, Tiberias, came near the place where they had eaten the bread and had given thanks. So the crowd saw that Jesus was not there. The man with the food was not there, nor his disciples. And they went away, and they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. So just imagine, thousands of people get in the boats, cross the sea, Go to see Jesus. Verse 25, And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the, sign, or not, uh, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves, because you liked the food. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, 
what must we do to be doing the works of God then? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe him who he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do, you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? And Jesus is thinking, I just created bread out of nothing. What do you mean what sign, you know? <laughs> and they say, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all he has given me but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. That's the word of God. That's where we're going to stop. And so, again, I'm going to endeavor first to prove to you that every person has a spiritual hunger within them. So by, by saying I am the bread of life, the spiritual food, Jesus is pointing out the fact that we're all spiritually hungry. And you see this by the crowds. The crowds coming after Jesus, um, they see that he's gone to the other side of the sea (laughs) and follows him. But Jesus confronts them and says, you're not seeking me for the right reasons, right? Why are they seeking Jesus here in the text? They're hungry, man. They're like, we want bread. And Jesus just calls them out. He says, in verse 26, you're seeking me not, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And so these people are fixated on their physical needs, and Jesus is pointing them to their greater need, their spiritual need, right? Do you know that? Do you know how that within you is a deep spiritual longing within all of us? You know, so many people uh, go through life and never realize this principle, um, my soul has an appetite, <laughs> has a hunger. Um, and I love the picture, you know, just as, just as a physical body create, craves nutrients, so does the soul. Um, so um, some illustrations of this, you know, artists are always looking for something new to paint, right? So give me something new, something better. What's the next thing I should paint? Um, the entrepreneur is always looking for another deal, the employee is always looking for a greener, uh, for greener grass and another job. Um, even Solomon had this spiritual hunger within him. Some of you were with us last year when we talked through Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Um, we preached actually through Ecclesiastes, but why don't you turn over to Ecclesiastes chapter 2? Because I want to show you Solomon's hunger for more spiritually. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, he says I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine my heart still guiding me with wisdom 
Verse 4, I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards. I planted myself gardens and parks. I planted them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest. I bought male and female slaves, and slaves were born in my house. And I had a great many possessions of herds and flocks, more than any um, who had been before me in Jerusalem. In verse 9, so I became great and surpassed all who were before me, and all my wisdom remained with me. And verse 10, all that my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. So I kept my heart from no pleasure, right? He's got this endless desire for more. But in verse 11, it says, Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil that I had expended. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind. There was nothing to be gained under the sun. You see, what, what Solomon is running up against is that nothing in this world can satisfy us spiritually. Doesn't matter um, if you're like Solomon, he's the, one of the richest men who ever lived, right? Had all the money, had all the power, had all the pleasure at his fingertips, and he was unsatisfied. Um, and so the Bible says that it's, that this, you know, why are we all spiritually hunger, hungry? The Bible says it's because we're all hardwired to desire glory. We're all in us, there's this innate sense that there's something more. Proverbs 4, um, or Psalm 4, David says that there are many who say, who will show me something good? They get up and say, who will show me something good today? And David says, after that, he says, um, but Lord, you have brought me more joy than when uh, uh, wine and grain abound. And he's, he's talking about how the Lord fills his joy. But he's saying there's many people who get up in the morning and say, who will show me something good? What more can I accomplish? What more can I see today? And that's a God-made, God-created taste. Um, because God has created with, a, with a, almost the aftertaste of heaven, I kind of want to say. Right? We, ha- we have this aftertaste of heaven, but we wander the earth. We have this taste for more, but nothing in the world satisfies. Um, we're, like, we're like five-star food critics in a McDonald's. It's like, this isn't, McChickens, hmm, it's just not doing it for me. Um, even though they did in college really well. They kept me. Um, every man is spiritually hungry. You know, the cliche that um, we have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, have you ever heard that? That's true. It's, it's kind of cliche, but it's a good statement. And Augustine has a better statement. He says, you have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. I love that. Our hearts are restless, naturally. Do you, do you feel that? Is your heart restless? I know mine is. And I have to call it back to the rest in Christ that I found. So that hunger is because we, we are made for God. God is the highest and chief good. He is the highest and most valuable thing. And if we fill our our senses with anything else, we will always be dissatisfied. He's the only being that will satisfy our spiritual hunger. That's what Jesus means when he's saying, I'm the bread of life. I'm the food of life. I am the food for your souls. And uh, um, it's just evident to me. Everywhere I look, I even in my own soul, just the emptiness that is in all of us apart from God. 
Um, so every man is spiritually hungry. And number two, every person experiences the results of the food that you are feeding your soul. What are you feeding your soul? It's a good question. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I'm your food spiritually. I'm your spiritual food. What are you feeding your soul? Because you can really tell a person's, um, you can tell a, a person's diet by, um, by how they act. A person eating the bread of life, her joy will be, or her heart will be full of joy and the fruit of the Spirit. But a person eating the spiritual food of the world is going to find his, his desires disordered and broken. What you eat, what you take in spiritually matters. What are you feeding your soul? <laughs> what are you feeding your soul? It matters. You can't expect to feed on the world and not feel results of the world on a day-to-day basis. Your desires are going to be disordered and empty. It's kind of like, uh, this is a terrible illustration, but um, it's like in, 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 for Taco Bell. I can't eat Taco Bell anymore. I just can't do it because it causes my body too much pain. Unfortunately, <laughs> too much pain. Um, every time I eat Taco Bell, I experience the results of eating Taco Bell. I cannot expect when I eat Taco Bell to experience the same results as if I ate a, a garden. It just not, I can't expect the same results. But it's just like uh, the same thing is true spiritually. You cannot feed on, on vile, worldly Netflix shows that expunge to you and preach to you the spiritual food of the world and not reap that food in your own life. You can't. You can't get a close, vibrant relationship with God and also be eating this spiritual food. It doesn't work. You know, it's so interesting. We all desire to be close to God, don't we? We all hate our sin. We all want to be closer to God, but we're so unwilling to look at our schedules and say, look at all this other food we're eating. Look at all this trash I'm allowing my soul to enjoy and look at, and I've left the chief good. I've left God over here, and I've wanted the results of that, but I've not wanted the food. I've not wanted to fill myself on the bread of life. Jesus, he says, I am the bread of life. Anyone comes to me, they will not hunger, they will not thirst. Any other food is going to leave you so hungry, so thirsty. It's going to determine your outcome, what you eat. And Jesus looks at the crowds, and he diagnoses their problem. He's saying, you guys are looking for the wrong food. You guys are looking for the physical food. And beyond that, you're looking for me to be your, your deliverer, your king, to save you from the Romans. I'm not that. You've got it all wrong. You're, you're seeking the wrong spiritual food, crowds. You're laboring for the wrong food. Verse 36 is what he, if you want a verse where he says it. He says, um, I don't know, um, 26. You are seeking me because you saw the signs not... Not because you saw the signs, but because you're laboring <laughs> for the bread. You know, to make this really practical, earthly food, earthly, earthly spiritual food is going to end up in two places. You're going to either end up in addiction or depression. It always ends up there. If you choose not to feed on the bread of life, you will either end up addicted or depressed. 
Ed Welch um, defines addiction as the bondage. It's bondage. It's, it's bondage to the rule of a substance, activity, or state of mind. It's a, it's a narrowing of your affections to this one earthly pleasure, and which then becomes the center of life. Why is this the outcome of feeding on earthly food? Well, because earthly food doesn't satisfy. <laughs> it doesn't fill you. And so what do you need? You need more food. You have to go for more and more, and that doesn't fill you, so you need more. It's kind of like when I first started drinking coffee. One sip, bzz, you know, I was up. I, I had all the caffeine. I Just one sip of coffee, I was fine. But the next day, I needed two sips, and I needed a cup, and now I'm drinking I don't want to tell you. No. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee to keep me up um, because it grows. My dependence grows on it. And because the world's spiritual food doesn't satisfy, you have to take in more of it to fill yourself. Isn't that so true? It's like you started just a little bit and now you find yourself in a pit of sin and you just can't get out. And it started with one little slip, one little slippery slope and now you're, you find yourself addicted to a worldly pleasure, and you are gorging your soul on that. And, and you're, you're reaping the rewards of that. <sighs> Friends, don't, don't be deceived. What you sow, you will reap. What you put in, you will get out. What you behold, what you look at, what you, th- what you think is beautiful, what you put in front of your face every morning You'll become more like that. You will want to be like that. If all you think about is money, 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 how to get more, your soul will shrivel up. If all you think about is the affection and the affection of others, wanting people to love you, that will swallow your whole existence. And you will be, I have met people that are paralyzed socially because they cannot, they are so absorbed into what people think of them. They're feeding on the spiritual food of the world. What do people think of me? That is my chief, that is my chief reason for living. I just want people to love me. And I've met people that are so chained by that. Feeding on the world's food leads to addiction, but it also can lead to depression, sadness. Because At the end of the day, the earth, the fruit of the earth, spiritual food from the earth doesn't satisfy. And so you'll get to the end of it and you'll be broken. You'll say, none of this works. None of this fills me. And so even even for us as Christians, I think um, it's so good to look at what we're taking in. Isn't it not? Is it not? We need to relook at what am I taking in on a daily basis? What's my diet? What are we eating? What am I feeding my soul? You know, if I asked you, you know, what did you eat today? You know, you probably could have told me, yeah, I had a sandwich today. You could tell me what your physical, your spiritual, your physical diet was. But can you tell me what you, what you fed your soul today? Because it matters. And Jesus is trying to help the crowds here. He's saying, you're searching for the wrong bread. I'm the bread of life. And so finally, let's look at where true food, the true bread might be found. Let's look at that. Um, what, is, what does it mean to eat the bread of life? You see Jesus here, he's looking over the crowds. 
He's saying, I'm the spiritual food. So what does it mean to eat the bread of life? (laughs) What does it mean? Well, we find that because um, Jesus says, don't work for the food that perishes, verse 27. Work for the food that endures to eternal life. And in verse 28, the crowd say, well, what do we do? And I love that. What work do we do? What action can we do? And he says, the work, (laughs) where is it? Verse 29, this is the work of God that you believe. I love that. Because believing isn't a work. It's trusting. the, The crowds want something to do. They want a task list to check off. Oh, I'm saved. Checked off. What? Give me the task list, Jesus. No, the work is to believe in me. Believe me. And that's what Christianity is. It's not a checklist of good deeds that you need to complete every day, right? It's believe. Trust in the Savior. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Um, to eat the bread of life is to trust in Jesus. It means to believe the gospel. That's what it means to, to eat the bread of life. Believe in Jesus' perfect obedience in his life. He was sinless. Believe in his sacrificial death, that he was the propitiation or satisfaction of wrath for our sins. You need to believe that. That's what it means to eat the bread of life. You need to believe, um, you need to trust in his resurrection, that his resurrection power gives you the power over your sin. Jesus said, sin can't hold me, death can't hold me, and I'm giving the same power to you, Christian. You need to believe that. That's what it means to eat the bread of life. It means to believe in Jesus because that is who God sent. You can see that um, in verse 34. The people say, sir, give us this bread always. I love that. They're right there. Jesus, what's this spiritual bread? And he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Hmm, love that. Because believing the gospel Sub point A will satisfy your soul. That's the first implication of, of eating the bread of life. Jesus satisfies your soul. I don't know about you, I've never eaten, I've never eaten a food that has kept me satisfied. No matter how good the food, the next day I was hungry. But Jesus is saying that um, His bread is satisfying. That trusting Jesus is fulfilling. And I think you need to to be reminded of that tonight. Trusting Jesus is fulfilling to your soul. You know, the Christian is the most content person in the world. Whatever physical food she has, whatever ups and downs in her life, she has everything she needs. She's satisfied in Christ. Because the bread of life will nourish you no matter what your physical circumstances are. You can be poor and be rich. Psalm 107 says, For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. The hungry soul he fills with good things. Is your soul hungry tonight? Do you feel that emptiness? Hear Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. I am the fulfillment of that. I, you can, you can eat of me. And then number two, you see in verse 37 through 40 that 
Believing the gospel, eating the bread will secure your soul. So you look at verse 36, Jesus says, um, But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is God's will, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Now what we have here is a, is a, is a doctrine of grace. It's a great doctrine, and it's, uh, it's uh, some people call it the, uh, the perseverance of the saints. Nod your head if you've heard this, the perseverance of the saints. Um, that all who come to Christ will be kept in Christ. If you believe in Christ, he will keep you. That's what it means when Jesus says, all who comes to me I will never cast out. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Um, and then verse 39, this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all he, should, he will give me. See, this doctrine is, and this is what the Bible teaches, is that when you trust in Christ, Jesus will never leave his sheep. He's going to keep you to the end. Philippians 1.6 He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. When you eat the bread of life, it secures your soul. You can dwell in security. I love that. Jesus leaves none who come to him behind. Those who truly trust in him, he will carry to the end. And so, um, Jesus is the bread of life for your soul. But if you've not repented of your sins, I have to be clear and say that this satisfying Jesus is not yours right now. If you continue in your sin, you're going you're gonna to die in your sins. If you continue and don't repent, you're going to die in your sins. The Bible says that if, if we are not repentant, if we do not repent and turn to him, we are an object of his wrath. That we are, that we are damned. But yet Jesus here, I love his compassion on the crowds. He's saying, come to me. I'm the bread of life. Come, eat from my table. Believe the gospel. Believe that you are wicked, yes. Believe that you are desperately wicked, that your heart is evil. But also believe that I love you, that, that God loves you and that he's pursuing after you. Repent of your sins and believe. That's what the call really is when Jesus is calling over the crowds and he's saying, I'm the bread of life. I'm the physical food for your soul. Repent of your sins and trust in Jesus. He is satisfying. He is securing to you. And if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit is convicting you, um, you know that you know that you've been feeding on on food that's just not um, that's not good for your soul. Repent. Return again to Jesus. He's so kind to bring you back. He's so kind to bring you in and um, and forgive you of your sins. If you confess your sins, He's faithful, just to forgive you of all unrighteousness, to cleanse you. So return to Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. So let me pray. Lord, I just, 
studying this. The lead up this week, just reminded of all the trash that my soul takes in in a week. Reminded of just my lack of intentionality in my spiritual diet. Lord, you long for me to look into your word and to feast, to think on the gospel, the free grace that you have given me, the love of your son. You long for me to think on that and to feed on it. You even say that you're the bread of life, that whoever comes to you will not hunger, that whoever drinks your blood will not thirst again. You say all those things with the kindness in your heart and a compassionate heart, and you say, everyone, you call everyone to come to your table. Lord, I pray for anyone here, Lord, who doesn't know that satisfying life, Lord, that they would repent of their sins and find that life. And I pray for my fellow believers, Lord, tonight that are discouraged, and they don't know why. Lord, reveal it to them if it is due to their diet spiritually, what they've been placing before them in their souls. I pray that you would encourage us with this text, that even if we have been sinning, if we, that we, even if we have been af- going after idols, that we can repent and return to you because you love us. Our status in you has not changed. Lord, we are forgiven and loved by you. And so, Lord, I pray that our actions, our outward actions, would further reflect the reality that we are in Christ, that we are one and, and unified to you in the gospel. Lord, I pray that this text would not die tonight, that it would go out uh, tonight. And even as we go out and, and go to bed and, and even get up tomorrow, that, that we'd be thinking upon this text that you have for us. Lord, you want us to eat of the bread of life, to leave you. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for all these people here. And bless this time as we continue and fellowship together. In Jesus' name, amen.